I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. You'll notice that there's no Matt Messiano today. It's myself, Tom Bozell, and I'm joined by Jordan Weimer. And of course, we are here to discuss the inevitable fact that Watford have another new head coach, their 11th since 2019, Valerian Ismail. Jordan, firstly, how are you doing? Uh, what's your immediate reaction to the news that we got on Wednesday night? Uh, doing very well, thanks, Tom. Um... Yeah, I mean, immediate thoughts. You know what? I don't. I didn't really. I, I think I saw. I saw a lot of, or a fair amount, maybe more than I was expecting, uh, of of negativity surrounding the appointment. I didn't. I didn't quite feel that. Um, I found it. I found it interesting. I think we kind of touched on before, and, and we spoke a little bit, a little bit on Twitter as well. You know, like that that first appointment under this kind of so-called Ben Manga era if if he indeed is going to get that control we hope he is it is going to kind of make a or suggest what we're going to be looking to do for the next few years potentially so there's a lot of a lot of interest for me just kind of seeing what kind of a coach we uh, brought in rather than the individual himself but in terms of Ismail I think you know um, people are going to look at West Brom but I think equally uh, you've got to look at what he did at Barnsley too so I'm cautiously Optimistic, interested, are they? Some, somewhere between there. What about yourself? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? There was an immediately very negative reaction to this one. Um, I listened to a lot of the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Twitter space last night and I caught the rest of it this morning and I don't think there was anyone who was pro it. And that's obviously kind of, a, you know, right. 10 or 15 callers, yeah, over the space of an hour or whatever those guys did. Um, very immediate reaction. I have to admit that I wasn't really paying attention to the championship at the time that he was doing his best work. And that was kind of Premier League snobbery, I guess. That it wasn't our problem that he was doing well with Barnsley um, mm-hmm. at the time that he was. And therefore... I'm not as au fait as I have been. There's some good reading out there, and I'll tweet it, tweet some of it from the Twitter account for people so, who can kind of uh, fill in the, the knowledge gaps that I suspect I, I alone don't. Ha- I am not alone in having. Try and get that out in English. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting one because again, 
like Rob Edwards, he is someone with a very clear kind of system and style of play. And from everything I've heard and read, not a lot kind of variation outside of that. It likes to play a back three, likes to play very much mm. direct. Oh, right, okay, phone on silent, but still that gets through. Um, <laughs> likes to play very direct, likes to press very high. And those are kind of non-negotiable principles for him. And we've seen that we haven't necessarily given a coach with, albeit very different principles, but very firm beliefs, the tools and the time to get that across. And that is my big concern. I guess at some point we all have to kind of take that leap of faith that lessons have been learned and we are generally going to change how we operate. But obviously that will only come with time and with hard evidence. So... I'll give him a chance. It's not his fault that he's ended up at Watford, is it? I mean, I suppose he could have turned the job down, but you know what I mean. Yeah, of course, no, for sure. And I think, um, like, I think when it comes, I guess let's just talk a slight bigger picture before we talk about Ismail a little bit, if you like. Um, mm. I think when, as I kind of touched on there, that this, in theory, you know, if you're if you're a director of football right now, this is we've talked about transitional periods, we've talked about in inverted commas resets and so on. This is the, the the time for that more than ever. You know, we've we've got a lot of players that are returning off loan, players that are selling on, players contracts are expiring, and so on. We're going to have to bring a lot of players in. Where without a head coach going into the off season, heading into preseason, Ben Manga's first full season in charge. Obviously, he's had some input since January, but this is the first kind of clean slate, if you will. You know, this is a time where whatever that plan is, you set it in motion now, uh, and and that first step, as we've talked about before, is the head coach and. You know, we we've also discussed that this this appointment isn't just about Ismail. It's not about him. It's about the next manager, the manager after that. Because when you have this clean slate from a recruitment perspective, you're now planning long term. You're bringing players in to suit a, a style of football and an approach that you, you can you intend to uh, to continue for some time. You know, you might make tweaks along the way, but ultimately you want these players to have longevity if if needed, uh, and you want that squad to be inherited by someone who can who can use them in an equally effective manner or or look to at the very least so um, i think it's interesting it tells us a lot about where we're going it gives us an indication or a clue about where we might be looking or how we might be looking to recruit uh, which i think is really interesting for us you know we talked about the the fact that it is it's a high pressure um you know high tempo aggressive style of football it, it comes with risks obviously but just from a recruitment perspective you know, there, there are certain there are certain things you're looking for that maybe ahead of the head of the pecking order that you'd be looking at normally. You know, um, intensity, energy, um, availability, like all these things have to be at the top of the list um, uh, and things you can expect right away. I think it does look at a, a younger team. You know, bringing that age down a little bit to bring in those fresher guys, which does kind of it does align itself with some of the things we've heard from from Ben Manga so far, but. Um, but also, you've just got to you got to see if we can uh, actually kind of be active enough in the market soon enough, and uh, and try and bring in the players to suit to suit Ismail. Because we have seen at West Brom what what kind of happens if you if you don't have that team there for him, uh, compared to Barnsley, uh, where he inherited a a squad that was suited for him after the departure of uh, Gerhard Struber, which we know as well had a similar similar approach. Yeah, exactly. I think th this has been the big thing, hasn't it? With his time at West Brom and again there are pieces out there on kind of what went wrong for him there it is about having the personnel who who do we think are the winners and losers out of this maybe a couple of each that 
will fit from the existing squad and, and where does where does he have to uh, ask for, for new recruits in the in the coming weeks and months? Yeah, I mean, I think you'd look at players like, uh, you know, Ken Summers, one you might say, you know, industrious, uh, wide player, can play in that left wing back position. He can give you that edge, he can give you that pressing. Uh, I'd say Imran loser. Uh, you know, you are playing more vertically, so that range of passing, you're not going to be playing short. You're not going to be, there's not a lot of build up in the in the offensive play. It is very direct and forward. So if you can be accurate from deeper, from longer positions, that's a real plus. I also think he offers a fair amount off the ball too, especially when you're kind of asking him to be defensive via pressing. I think that suits him. Uh, there are two that I think you know, it's off the top of my head that would that would benefit from that. Uh, losers is a bit of a tough one. Um, mm. I mean, look, he plays quite high. I don't like the, any stiff centre backs we have. You know, you're playing a back three, so it's a little bit different. Different, sorry, but you know, Christian Cabaselli, if he's still around, I, I don't like in a in, in a high. I don't like him in many situations. Oh, I was going to say that myself. <laughs> especially not in a back three high up the pitch, because you know turnovers are important. That's the that's kind of the. You know, one of the, the the biggest elements of his of his game his game plan. So you you've got to be competent, um, you know, tracking back towards your own goal, and you're going to be caught a few times. So you need guys that can bail you out of that situation. Like I don't love our options at centre back for that. Um, you know, even the likes of Wesley Hoot and so on. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 difficult because the squad is going to be so so different. And as we said, there's suddenly there's suddenly comings and goings. Um, I wouldn't say it's great for someone like Tom Cleverley, who's you know is discussed of a contract renewal and so on, but this is a this is a this is a young man's game plan, a young man's style mm-hmm. of football, and I think, um, you know, as I kind of touched on earlier, you need to have that availability because there will be some tweaks in the squad as the, as the season goes on. But, you know, the most important thing is can you be in that? Can you be on that pitch? And, you know, it, it's a really grueling approach. I, I think especially for a, a championship schedule, uh, and, you, and you have to be quite diligent, especially with our injury record. Um, so that, that kind of puts even more weight and importance on on those guys coming in. They have to be players that are expected to start. You might get some veterans in there and so on, but more than anything, uh, it, it's got to be players that can kind of go the distance. Anywhere in particular that you would be focusing your recruitment efforts on, if you were him, as much as as much as he will be able to affect it, I'm sure he will have a list for uh, the, those that are in charge of that side of things. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think when it comes to when it comes to manga, I think you know the the recruitment of sort of the recruit the recruitment of uh, of Isman itself, you know, that there's a link there in the sense that you know there's that there's that link to German football, which I think mm. will be looking down a similar path. You, you look at the kind of Austrian uh, German sort of leagues; they have that that this sort of high pressing kind of high tempo football is kind of built into the DNA of those leagues. Um, so you do look at those locations as as, as potential for you know bringing players over that have a, an understanding and are used to playing in that way uh, you know you can kind of track a lot of those managers and look and see you know we talked about Gerhard Struber and so on you go back and look at their career where they've been previously look at the, you know, the leagues they've been they've been coaching in same with Ismail uh, there is a tendency for that so those those players or those those leagues are perhaps a little easier to recruit from in the sense that you're going to get the kind of foundational um, traits that you want to see uh, but then kind of looking a little bit outside of that you've also got to look at where, uh, where Manga likes to recruit from outside of uh, outside of maybe just Germany and, and so on. You might be saying Mexico or um, uh, or Portugal again. You know these are these are these are areas we could operate in, especially with uh, especially in South America. There we've got some mm-hmm. a little bit more flexibility and potential more flexibility coming in in, in terms of um, bringing those players over. 
work permit wise and so on uh, so there's a lot of different options i think you know you obviously want to look a little bit domestically too because we are going to be uh, we are going to be finding ourselves without a few probably a few domestic players we've been relying on this season to fill that squad you know chad Reese, davis and so on and um, that most likely won't be returning so it's quite a wide it's quite a broad spectrum we have to go through here and you know as we've touched on a lot of players have to come in really just to fill the squad out so uh, yeah, I think it's going to be quite a quite a busy window for us, and and I'm expecting to see it quite quite varied in terms of location and and level and so on that these players come from. Yeah, quite agree. You mentioned him there, Ben Manga. Let's let's touch on his part in all of this very quickly. Obviously, again, he is the one quoted in the statement from the club. There is a link to be made in that uh, Valerian Ishmael spent a lot of his career in Germany. Do we? How much? Of a say, do we think he had in this? Do we can we pin it as can we define it as strongly as being his man or or not? I think he can in a sense that I think that when it comes to when it comes to any sort of operation, you know, any sort of business operation that's set up in a similar way to a football club that has you know has members in charge, has Juno Potts at the top, but it also has other input, you know, Scott Duxbury, Ben Manger, and so on. It's going to be it's going to be a group effort essentially but what we do know is Ben Manga or a group decision sorry Ben Manga is in charge or his remit was to create a shortlist of head coaches that suit the plan going forward I think that was done Ismail was a guy that he recommended not sure if that was his favorite on his list but was one of his one of his candidates and as a as a group, they came to a decision. So it's never going to be just Ben Mag. It's not like Gino's mm-hmm. never going to have that input. And I think that's one thing that needs to be made clear as well. I've seen quite a few um, people on on Twitter, in particular, that have been you know suggesting it's not a manga coach and and so on. But I think you know it depends how you define it. But in in my opinion, it very it very clearly is. It's in line with what we expect um, from a from a footballing standpoint. You know where we thought the route we kind of thought manga might go down. Um, it, it's within his comfort zone, and I, I think that's fine. It's just it, it, it all to me points towards uh, a coach that he feels good about. Um, you know, they mentioned the link to Germany there as well, uh, a little bit more familiarity, and also you know working with those those players or the sorts of players that you'd expect to see here. I, I just think it is it is a manga a manga head coach as much as that's going to be. I think there's definitely a case here of, of course, we'll, you know, unless you do know, unless you have sources, whatever. <laughs> Um, not you personally, but you know the Watford fan base. I think there is almost a case of um, needing to reset our minds a little bit from this idea that it has to be so binary that it's Gino only or Manga only or whatever. You know, they they talked about this kind of collegiate approach to things in the past, haven't they? You know, various people feeding in, but equally, I don't think it's as binary as it was Ismail or no one. You know, I'm sh- I'm sure. Okay, now, um, it's it's not as binary as being Ismail or, or no one. I imagine it would have been a, a, a short or a long list, and then a short list, and then having discussions with people and, and seeing who they kind of liked from there. You have to, I guess, at least believe that this is the case. I mean, certainly that's how kind of well-run football clubs would tell you they operate. So, life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I'm quite believe, quite prepared to believe that this wasn't uh, manga and manga alone going after one a, a potential appointment, getting his man and, and going from there. Um, but I, I dare say if uh, if he does well, then it will be kind of uh, pinned on manga and if he doesn't do well it will probably be pinned on Pozzo because for the time being amongst the supporter base at least um, manga's got a bit of a pass hasn't he so it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that that kind of narrative plays out as well yeah and I think it's I think it's okay to have um, I think as as Watford fans now we do have a certain a certain level of Kind of guilty until proven innocent. I think that's yeah. You know, that's that's kind of you know that's it's not for no reason that that we feel like that. So I understand there being a little bit of uh, of caution when it comes to these things. But I think we have to still remain objective and just you know take take it take the the information as it comes and and decide for ourselves. But um, to just paint it as the worst case scenario for worst case scenario's sake, I think is you know does does us a bit of a disservice. Um, I think this is one that you can you can see quite clearly that Mangas had an input in mm-hmm. into, and uh, you know that's what we're kind of looking for. We're not we're not expecting someone to take all control, but we're expecting someone to have a, a strong voice and 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 be tasked with leading certain decisions. And I think uh, my my intuition in this one is that he he has. Sounds good. So we've talked about it in kind of very loose terms, but tactically, what what do we expect? How does a Ben Manga side? 
build up and, and try and create goals? And, and how does the Ben Manga side defend out of possession as well? I'm assuming you mean Ismail, but I'll... <laughs> I do. Oh, I'm putting in so many edits here, aren't I? Uh, right, should we try that again? No, we can just keep that in. We can just keep that in. Okay, good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. I think we touched on there, you know, it's going to be about turning over possession. It's going to be offensively aggressive, um, winning the ball hard the pitch, trying to, trying to force the opponent into making mistakes. Um, when you haven't got the ball, that is, you know, being as, as aggressive as you can, try and win that ball back as quickly as possible. When you do get the ball, you're looking to go forward quickly. It's not a ton of build-up. You can get wide still. You can get players running. And as you said, 3-4-3 three, three is, is, is a bit of a tendency because you can still maintain some of that width. But there's also the freedom to come inside and, and play narrow, narrower at times too. But I think the thing is you're, you're dealing with any sort of these pressing... Um, kind of counter-pressing teams, you have to be prepared to deal with odd circumstances offensively and defensively because you are going to be naturally creating havoc and chaos. So you're not, you're not necessarily receiving the ball in attacking positions where you'd be doing so if you're building up an attack. So it's all about the players kind of having that freedom and having the understanding of you know, working together and being able to being able to kind of understand the movement around them and uh, and kind of connect that way. It's not that slow, methodical build-up pattern of play that can break an opposition down. It is chaos. And, you know, that's a double-edged sword too, obviously, defensively. Uh, when you do play in, in such an aggressive manner, if you don't win that ball back and you're out of position, it's, it's the age-old thing with pressing. You know, you're, you're in a very exposed situation. You have a back three, so you can you can maybe kind of contend with that a little more. Uh, but it, it's something we have to adapt to and get used to, and it, it can really go both ways. And when it does, when it does go wrong, it's, it's obviously very bad and quite evident. You know, you see players stretched all over the pitch, and it, it can be quite punishing. But um, I'd say it's a relatively, I'd say it's a relatively uh, easy is probably the wrong word, but it's 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 a it's a it's a, a system you can comprehend as a player relatively quickly because you know a lot of it relies on intensity and effort uh, and if you can give that then you're you know you're most of the way there it's not the most intelligent setting of traps and uh, and being patient it is chaotic and I, I think it's something that we're gonna have to kind of adapt to as a as a squad as a team of players that we currently have and also a fan as fans as well because it's quite different than uh than what we've seen before yeah certainly it's the, the thing that i think people have kind of taken against or concerns people at least is that kind of directness does that does that mean kind of moving the ball forward quickly with the minimal number of passes as you say or is it all the way up to kind of just really just thumping it forward towards a big man he certainly got a lot of joy out of daryl dk when he was at barnsley how does that kind of manifest in in reality is it a hybrid of kind of both approach ends of the scale yeah, I think in the in in a best case scenario, every every coach, every manager is going to want you to play play forward, retaining that possession a little bit more rather than hit and hope for the big man. But you know, there there are situations where you need that, and there are situations where you can you can you, know, you can thrive off of that, and it's not a, it's not a bad thing. I, I would expect us to be looking uh, in in terms of recruitment, we will be looking for some of those sorts of plays, you know, the the bigger physical bodies. I think. You know, mid, through midfield and attack areas we have to work on and recruit. Um, I'd imagine those sorts of figures would be quite um, quite needed and quite wanted after. So we expect to see that relatively soon. But 
it, as I said, it's chaos and it can be um, it can be difficult to read up in, in those four positions. So you do need to have someone that can that can be that focal point at times. I don't think I, I don't think it's the only way they play. Of course, I, I do think that if you've got quality in midfield, you have to remember as well. We, when we talked about some of the teams he's been at, you know, Barnsley and so on, they weren't the most technical uh, in terms of the the midfield options they had. So they had to be a little bit more direct at times. They weren't able to to kind of maybe in have that interplay, even if it is shorter than you'd normally expect for you know for a team looking to dominate it's, you know, two three passes or whatever. It, it's still a little bit more precise when you have the quality to do it, and that's why I say someone that Imran loser could be important because it gives you the opportunity to play that pass rather than hit it just to the big man. Uh, and I think you just get those you kind of have those added options which we we kind of need to really um, to really excel. But it. it it all depends really as well on, on, on the players we bring in and as we yeah. start to see that team kind of come together, we'll probably get a better idea of what exact approach we'll, we'll go for. But I, I do expect to see some reinforcements in that forward position, someone a little more, a um, little bit more physical, a little bit more of a presence. I think that's such an important point, isn't it? It's very hard to make any kind of judgment on what, what to expect or, or predictions about what to expect when we talked at length about the fact that the squad is going to have to go through a pretty significant turnover this summer one way or another and you would expect there to be a lot of recruitment uh, happening in the coming weeks and months so it will probably look very different by the time they reconvene for pre-season in June. You've mentioned the word chaos a couple of times, quick fire one here, is it at least going to be more entertaining than we've seen over the last season or so? Yeah, you'd, you'd hope so. That I think one thing that I've definitely noticed at Watford is that we've it's 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 been difficult for coaches to implement um, their style, their their kind of their game plan, their philosophy at Watford. It's not been an easy one. I think a lot of that has, has been down to the the squad and the adaptability of the squad we have and the kind of mismatch of the squad we also have. But with that, somewhat of a clean slate and the fact that we have to bring players in realistically. Um, I, I think that it, it would be more exciting in the sense that we are going to have that that aggression and that and that kind of you know pace to a game which we've lacked a little bit at times. We've been quite quite methodical and quite laboured, I think, for a lot of it. And it. The system doesn't really allow for that. And and if it is, if you are seeing that, then you're you're struggling at the bottom of the league. You know that's not where he expects this team to be, and that's not how he expects it to be uh, performing. So. Yeah, no, I, I do think we'll be a little bit more entertained. I hope so. Obviously, when it works well, it's it, it's really attractive to watch, and it's I think it's a good style of play to 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 bring a fan base back in, um, especially one that's disconnected as uh, as we are. I think often you can feel as fans, the players don't really kind of they don't really care, or they they're not particularly interested. Especially, you know, this season we've had a lot of those performances, and I think this is one that it does bridge that gap somewhat just because of the physical endeavour and, and effort that has to be displayed in the pitch to make it work. Um, I think it's something the fans can, can get behind a little bit more and you know, hopefully, hopefully a style of play that the, the fans can be proud of. It's not always going to be pretty, I would mm. say, but um, if it's effective and it's kind of exhilarating, then that's, that's something to, to cling on to and something we've not really seen for, uh, for a while. Absolutely. But I definitely keep it in mind. It's not, it's not the same... You know, whilst it is a three at the back, it's very different to say to, to say the way that someone like Rob Edwards used um, yeah. used that shape. You know. Yeah, certainly. Final thing then for me, we've talked about the kind of good and what what the best possible uh, version of this team could look like. We obviously 
saw he had a fairly short-lived stint at West Brom and that's not uh, alone in his career. He has managed a lot of teams in a lot of countries and never managed more than 50 games. That was with the Austrian side Lask. Is that a concern or is it irrelevant given you basically don't get a chance to show that you've got a plan B at Watford anyway? Um, yeah, I mean, a couple of things on that. I think first, I think something that we, we have to be careful as, uh, of as fans is uh, judging a manager or a head coach too too much positive or negative on on their record. Now, obviously, there's exceptions for that. If you're just a consistently bad coach for a number <laughs> of years or you're consistently fantastic for a number of years, then you know maybe you can take something from it. But you know, someone like Ismail or even the majority of the coaches we, we've been linked to or had, it's not like judging a player we get to see their output on the pitch every week and you, you judge their quality and their worth within those 90 minutes more than anything. You know, the majority of the head coaches' work is done away from the from the match day situation. So we have to look at each each role he's had separately and, and try and see the reasons as to why things have worked or haven't worked. You know, West Brom is an example. They... They're in a very difficult situation. And I think, you know, we talked about it earlier, but one of the things that, that happened at West Brom is he did inherit a team that wasn't really suited or, you know, recruited for him. Uh, I think that would be the hope here that we can we can change that. Um, and then there's a contrast. You know, you look at Barnsley, who were effectively, you know, a worse team in terms of finances spent. And if you look in player for player, but... What was there was a group of players that had played under a very similar head coach in terms of what he asked for them predominantly, uh, and and the, the results are very very different. You know, you might have had a few other. You know, there's tons of other factors that play a part. Of course, it's it's a it's a complicated role, but I would say you know approach it as as it comes and and, and look at it more as to what what he does now and. Don't worry too much about that previous stuff. It might come up that you know the same thing happens again. He doesn't stay here for very long, but. Uh, you know, on the other side of things, he he might be able to to start something a little bit closer to what happened at Barnsley, and in which case that it, it could be something that lasts longer. So, I'm not overly concerned um, from from that regard. Uh, you know, what I would say though is we have to we do have to make sure that we we do recruit in a way that in a way that suits him and and do so quite quickly and and be diligent about that. We can't really do or take too many half measures, um, mm. especially in this one. Whilst I think it's uh. It's a little bit of a, I say it's a little bit of an easy option, but also not. I mean, when you, it, it it's a play, it's a sort of system, a style of play you can bridge the gap of quality, with intensity and effort, like you did at Barnsley. So it maybe makes your job a little bit easier recruitment-wise because you don't have to be as precise in terms of quality, and you can maybe be a little bit broader in your targets as long as they have those fundamental um, traits. But it's it's also one that can you know it, it does it does come with its own degree of risk as well. Yeah, quite. Well, I think we'll leave it there unless there's anything you haven't had the chance to say. No, I think that's pretty much it. I think we, as I said, we'll find out more as as, as more news comes out, and we'll touch on it and and talk yeah. about it as as things transpire. We expect a lot of the a lot of the transfer business to start relatively soon. I'm sure the rumours will start flying around now. We'll be linked linked to all the. All the Kiefer Moors and so on that we could possibly yeah. link to, and uh, and and I'm sure we'll cover it in in upcoming podcasts. So yeah, I think Absolutely. that's pretty much pretty much it. Yeah. Super. Right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you to Jordan for joining us today, and we will be back 
once there's more Watford news. But I think in the meantime, I know I'm going on a holiday. I don't know if you've got any plans in the coming weeks, Jordan, but I think we're going into off-season shutdown here at uh, Watford Buzz Towers. <laughs> Temporary, though. If anything, if anything comes up, I'm sure we'll be we'll be getting stuff out. We'll spring into action. Exactly. Yeah, we're on call for the next couple of weeks at least. Yeah. On call. That's it. Exactly. The out of office is on, but we are available if needs be. Excellent. Right, Jordan. Thank you very much, and we will speak soon. Yeah, thanks, Tom. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.